children's church. We seem to always want to forget that. Eight and under. Go with Miss Lori and Miss Chelsea. Miss McKenzie. Wow. It's rough around here. <laughs> if you want to follow me this morning, <coughs> excuse me. Turn with me to uh, the book of James, chapter 1. Um, the Bible says in Matthew 9:29, according to your faith, it will be done unto you. What are you expecting God to do in your life? What are you expecting God to do in your life? The fact is, we tend to get what we expect to get in life. We tend to see what we expect to see. We tend to hear what we expect to hear. Jada says, I hear what I want to hear. <laughs> we feel the way we expect to feel. We inevitably accomplish what we expect to accomplish. God says we get to choose because according to our faith, as Matthew 9.29 says, according to our faith, it will be done unto us. Another important verse this morning is Hebrews 11.6 where it says, Without faith, without faith, it is impossible to please God. That's in there, Hebrews 11.6. Without faith, it is impossible to please God. How many of you are parents? Raise your hand. We've got a whole bunch of parents. Now, how many of you are pleased when your children trust you? Raise them. Right. Well, God is our Heavenly Father. He is pleased when we trust Him. That's why the Bible says, without faith, it is impossible to please God. We can obey God, and we can do the right things, but we still may not be pleasing God if we're not doing them in faith. So it's, import, it's important to learn how to live expectantly as we learn to live by faith. Whatever is not of faith. This is in your Bible. Romans 14, 23. Whatever is not of faith is sin. Because that's true, we need to know how to grow our faith. We need to learn how to grow in faith. In Luke 17, 5, the apostle asked Jesus, Lord, increase our faith. How do we do that? I'd like to have more faith. How many of you would like to have more faith? Raise your hands. That is everybody in here. 
If that's what pleases God, if faith pleases God, don't you think we need to have more faith? Amen? The question is, how? How do we get it? If faith is what makes our life rewarding, faith is what makes our life fulfilling and confident, and faith is what pleases God, how does God build our faith? Do we take a vitamin for it? Is there a therapy that I can go to? Is there a seminar builder on faith? Here's the secret. And I'm going to come down here to tell y'all. Because, first of all, it's something that is not really going to exist. It's something that when I tell you, you're not going to be excited about. God builds our faith by testing. He builds our faith by trying, by exercising. Let that sink in just a second. Faith is like a muscle. When I go, when I go to the gym, this is a fantasy world here. <laughs> when we exercise our muscles, when we exercise our muscles, they tear, they break down, they rip apart, they shred, but they build back up bigger and stronger than they were before. So exercising breaks down the muscle so it can build back up strong. Faith is like a muscle. Faith works the same way. When our faith is tested, it grows, it develops. This brings us to the book of James, chapter 1, Verse 2, my brethren, count it all joy when you fall into various trials, knowing that the testing of your faith produces patience. But let patience have its perfect work, that you may be perfect and complete, lacking nothing. Let us pray. Father, we ask you this morning, increase our faith. Teach us. Help us to learn. Father, and whatever happens, you be there beside us the whole way, never leaving us. It's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Did you know that God is testing our faith every moment of our life? Every day this past week, God was testing our faith. Every day this coming week, God is going to be testing our faith. Life is a test. Every day we have faith-building opportunities. The problem is... Most of us don't recognize them when they're there. We flunk the test because we don't even realize it's a test.
and that God is trying to help us grow. So if God wants us to live by faith, and if God builds our faith by testing it, then the question becomes, how, do we, how does he do it? There are many ways that God does it. This morning, I'm going to give you the most common ways that God tests our faith so that we can be aware of these opportunities, these faith-building opportunities. We can recognize them when they're there because it's a test, and we want to pass it, right? First, God tests, God tests our faith through problems. How many of us have problems? One, two, too many to count. Too many to count. Everybody. Everybody. There is a purpose for our problems. They're a test. Trials, difficulties, pressures, tough circumstances, stresses, all of them. They are all a test. First Peter chapter 1, verses 6 and 7 say, For a little while you have had to suffer great and all kinds of trials. These have come so that your faith may be proved genuine and may result in praise, glory, and honor when Jesus Christ is revealed. Now that is a very powerful verse. Nothing ever happens by accident in the life of a follower of Jesus Christ. Don't misunderstand me. What I'm saying, I'm not saying that God plans all the bad things that happen to us. We do live in a broken world. A lot of problems we bring on ourselves. Sometimes other people bring problems on us and we're just innocent victims. But what I am saying is that nothing comes into our life if we're a child of God without God's permission. It couldn't happen without God's permission. There are no accidents in the Christian life. There are accidents in life, but God uses those. There's a purpose there. There's a reason for what's going on, what's happening. Sometimes, some of us can be so hard to get through to that God has to create a custom problem to teach us faith, to test us. God has to create something specifically for you. Jonah had a custom problem. It swallowed him right up. But it got his attention. Sometimes God will create problems that will swallow us up. They're so big that all we have left 
is God. Jonah 2 verse 7 says, When I lost all, I once again turned my thoughts to God. It's things like that that God uses to test our faith. If life were easy, it wouldn't require any faith. If we could feel God all the time, we'd just go by our feelings. But sometimes God removes that feeling of his presence so that we learn to trust him when we have problems. The Bible frequently compares problems and difficulties to a furnace. For example, in Isaiah 48.10, it says, I have refined you, though not as silver. I have tested you in the furnace of affliction. Now, that sounds pretty rough, doesn't it? The furnace of affliction. The, the furnace of a uh, metal refiner is so hot that it melts metals like gold and silver. It burns away all the impurities. And when the gold and silver are melted down and the impurities are burned away and they're so pure, the refiner can see his reflection in that. I've been in the furnace of affliction. I'm sure each and every one of you have been in the furnace of affliction before. It's when the heat is really on, when we're under a lot of pressure, we have a lot of stress coming down on us. Some of you have probably been in the furnace this past week. Others may be in the furnace right now. All of us will be in the furnace at some point. But there's a purpose for this. When God can see his reflection in us, then he knows the impurities in our lives have been burned away. That's a test. Our maturity, our growth, our development is revealed in our, in our response to our problems and difficulties. James tells us right here, Consider it pure joy whenever you face trials of many kinds because you know that the testing of your faith develops perseverance. He says that when we got a problem, relax, rejoice, thank God. That sounds funny to me. Why would he tell us that? Because it's at that point that we know God is with us. We know he's there. That he has a plan and a purpose for what we're going through. And he is going to help us through it. God's purpose is greater than any pain or any problem or any difficulty that we're going through. If we want to learn to live by faith, we must learn to rejoice and thank and praise God in our problems. Now, he doesn't mean 
that we have to be thankful for the problem, just in our problem, for what he's going to do with us through that problem, for what, what's going to come out of that problem. Thankful and rejoicing for the work God is going to do in our lives during this test. God tests and builds our faith, not in the easy times of life, but it's when we have problems. He also builds our faith through commands. He asks us to do things that are seemingly impossible or things that make no sense to us at all. In just the New Testament, there are about 1,050 commands for believers to obey. Some seem unreasonable or inconvenient. Some just seem impossible to obey. So what do we do when we have a seemingly impossible command? Remember, they're there to test our faith. When we have a command and it seems like there's no way I can do that. The question is, who are we going to believe? Are we going to believe God or are we going to believe what we think? Are we going to trust God or are we going to trust our own decisions? It's a test. It's a test. In Genesis 22, God commanded Abraham to take his son out into the mountains and give him up as an offering to sacrifice him. What did Abraham do? He got all his stuff together, told his son, let's go. They headed up the mountains. He didn't question the command. He didn't try to stall. And it got all the way to the point that Abraham had the knife in his hand. He had it raised up. And God told him to stop. Abraham was really going to do it. He didn't know why. He didn't understand. It didn't make any sense. And to me... It was seemingly impossible. But Abraham had enough faith and enough trust in God to know that somehow, that some way, everything was going to work out for the good. So he did exactly what God commanded him to do until God gave him another command. Genesis 22, verse 12, God told Abraham, For now I know that you fear God, since you have not withheld your only son from me. It was a test. How about this command? Don't worry about anything. How many of you struggle with that? How many of you think that's impossible? How about do good to your enemies? That's an easy one, isn't it? 
Got a lot of looks out of that comment. Right. How about forgive others? There's got to be somebody here that has a problem with that. Probably right this very moment. Seem impossible. Seem unreasonable. Don't understand why. How about be thankful in everything? They're all a test to see if we're going to trust God or do what we think is best. Who are you going to trust? There are hundreds of examples in the Bible of people who God gave a commandment to and they trusted him. They had faith. Even though it may not have made sense, even though it seemed impossible and they didn't understand why, they still obeyed God's command. In the book of Exodus, God gave a command to the people of Israel concerning manna. Now, manna, you might remember, is this bread-like substance that fell from the sky. And God commanded these people, you go out there and you get you enough to eat for that one day. All they could get was enough for that day. Think about that. If I'm going to go out there anyway today, and I could easily get enough for today and tomorrow, and then I wouldn't have to go tomorrow. I could do other things. Why not two days' worth? If I'm going to do that, I've got a storage room back here out back. I can get a week's worth. Why couldn't I get a week's worth? Why do I have to go every day? It'd be a better use of my time. It would be way more convenient than me going every day. What if I get sick? And I can't go out tomorrow. I don't get to eat. There are all kinds of excuses. There are all kinds of reasons that this didn't make sense. But that was not the point. The point was, it was a test. A test to see if they were going to trust God. To trust God on a day-to-day -day basis. The point was to test them. The point was to grow their faith. Faith is often a risk. When something is a risk, it means we can't understand it all up front. We can't understand it all in advance. God told Noah to build a huge boat in the middle of of the desert. God said that there's going to be a great flood. The Bible tells us at that time it had never even rained. Water came from the ground like a mist. But Noah was to build a boat? Are you kidding? Do you think that made sense to Noah? Would you have built an ark 
in the middle of the desert when you've never even saw rain? Noah did. It says, by faith, Noah built an ark. Genesis 6.22, thus Noah did according to all God commanded. So he did. God tests our faith through problems, and God tests our faith through commands. The third way God tests our faith is with money. Now, this is one of the greatest tests of faith of our lives, no doubt about it. In Luke 16, Jesus says, If you haven't been trustworthy in handling worldly wealth, who will trust you with true riches? There is a direct relationship between how we handle our money and the spiritual depths of our lives. Jesus tells us that if we're not faithful in handling material wealth, he will not trust us with spiritual wealth. What I do with my money determines how much God will bless my life. When I am ready, willing, and able to give generously, knowing that I could use that money to pay a bill, to go towards something that I wanted. It's a test. That's a test. Whether it's tithing or donating or just seeing someone in need and helping them out. The choice is ours to do it or not, and it's a test. Each week, when I write out that tithe check, I know that I've got a bill that money could go towards. It's a test. Just like God uses problems, commands, he uses money to grow our faith. Every time we give, our faith grows. Every time we give, it breaks the grip of materialism on our lives. Every time we give, we grow in love, grow in hope, grow in faith, grow in maturity. God tests our faith through problems, commands, and money. He also tests our faith, and this was the subject of our Sunday school class this morning, he also tests our faith through waiting. How many of you like to wait? Show of hands here now. How many? Well, that's not going to be hard to count. I couldn't get anybody to own up to that in my Sunday school class either. If every prayer were answered immediately, if every need were automatically met, if every problem were instantly solved, we wouldn't need faith. But it's not that way. We all have to wait on things, and we hate it. I hate it. We wait at red lights. We wait in traffic 
when we're stuck behind the Sunday driver. We wait in line at the grocery store, and we wait in the waiting room at the doctor's office, and I'll get a dirty look from that one. <laughs> a large percentage of our lives is spent waiting. And if you and I can't learn how God wants to exercise and grow our faith during times of waiting, we're going to miss out on much of the faith lessons that he has in store for us, that he's trying to teach us. God led the people of Israel out of Egypt to the promised land, and it took 40 years, 40 years. This was a trip that could have been made in two to three weeks. But it took 40 years. Why? 40 years. Deuteronomy 8.2 says, God led you all the way in the desert for these 40 years to test you. To test you. In order to know... What is in your heart? That's what happens in times of waiting. We get to see, God gets to see what is in our heart. I bet we've all been in a situation where we've been in a hurry. A hurry for something. You know what your situation is. You know what you've been in a hurry for. And then you get the distinct feeling that God is in no hurry at this time. That happens because God is more interested in growing our faith than anything else. It's a test. Some of us are waiting on something right now. And maybe we've been waiting a long time on a job, on a promotion, on a marriage, on children, on the healing of a sickness. Whatever the case, know this. While we're waiting, God is there. He does not leave us. It just may be a test. Look at what God does. Isaiah 64.4 says, God acts on behalf of those who wait for him. While we're waiting, God is working. Doing things behind the scene in our heart, in other people's hearts, things that we cannot see. We have to have patience and wait on God's timing. Problems, commands, money, and waiting. Those are the most common ways that God is going to test our faith. And at the beginning, I gave you a verse, Luke 17, 5, where the apostle says, Lord, increase our faith. Increase our faith. Faith is what pleases God. We all need more of it. When I asked at the beginning, every one of y'all raised your hands. We all wanted more faith. 
I told you it was going to be something you did, wouldn't get excited about. Probably going to be something you really didn't want to hear. Lord, increase our faith. So are you willing to pray that prayer? Lord, increase my faith. If you are, then which of these areas that I've talked about this morning do you need to pray for God to help you with? Which one of these areas do you need for God to increase your faith? Maybe you're struggling with problems. And this is the area that God is working on you. And you need to learn to rejoice and be thankful in this difficult time. Come and pray that God will teach you and help you. Maybe God is testing your faith right now through commands. What is it that you know God has told you to do that you haven't done yet? Is it get into shape? Is it be baptized? Forgive somebody? Give your life to Christ? Come and pray that God will help you obey his command today. Right now. Not tomorrow or next week. Right now. Maybe God is testing your faith through money. Times are rough right now. I can vouch for that. Times are rough. Every penny really does count. How are you using what God has given you? Would he be pleased with the way that you are spending the money that he has allowed you to have? That he has entrusted to you? We've all faced this test. Come and pray today for God's guidance on this issue. Or maybe you're facing the test of waiting. You're thinking, God, when? Why hasn't it happened yet? You know what it is you're waiting on right now. Come today and ask that God help you to wait patiently on his timing. I told you at the beginning, this was going to be something you really didn't want to hear. You wouldn't get excited about. But we all could use more faith than truth is truth. God exercises our, God increases our faith by exercising it, <coughs> by testing it. Our faith gets bigger when God tests it. The more it's exercised, the bigger it gets. The more it's exercised, the stronger it becomes. Now during this altar call, come and ask God to help you in whichever area it is that you need to help, whichever area you're struggling the most today, come and ask God to help. And as always, the altar is open for anyone who has not yet taken that first step of faith. Just step out in the aisle, come down here, confess your faith in Christ, and give your life to him.
Don't let another day go by without knowing for certain where you're going to spend eternity. Let's pray.